Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome on into the free kick here on the Sports Grid TV Network. I'm Martino Puccio. Alongside me, as always, for this amazing summer of soccer is Davis Maddock. Davis, how's it going? You know, it's going great. Got to see Martial, Anthony Martial, hit a hat trick for Manchester United, one of my favorite players of all time any sport. Never, never felt like Martial gets his due from the United faithful. You know, feels like they're always trying to sell him away. They. They brought in Lukaku, you know, and that failed. And it feels like they're always cycling through strikers in United when, you know, I think they're I think their answer is right there. They have their man. Yeah, I, I think it's also a creative issue too, right? I mean, they didn't have anyone. All of a sudden, Bruno Fernandez shows up and they get Pogba back. That's, you know, the best creative duo that they've had. I don't know, probably since Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson left. I mean, it's it's been that dire for them over there. So, I mean, great to see for them. You know, my favorite part is now it's kind of like the World Cup in the summer where you wake up and you just watch all the games because they play them like whether it was in Russia, South Africa, or the pa- Brazil, the past tournaments that the the times were, you know, you could just get up, watch all the games in a row during the day. That's kind of what it's like now. You know, games start at one o'clock. Then you finish that game, you know, like today's like Arsenal, uh, Arsenal play and then City play. And then if a La Liga game starts at four o'clock, like I'm basically watching from 1230, one o'clock all the way to six, six at night over here. And it's just it's just been so action packed. I've had a couple parlays. I would have won one yesterday, but Inter drew at the last minute um, against Sassuolo, which was definitely very annoying for me. So that that really uh, got on my nerves. But um other than that how did, how did you do betting wise dfs wise uh did you make a lot of money this weekend did you have martial in one of your lineups yeah uh so you know uh gambling has uh has been going pretty well actually just had one come through today uh burnley as the uh the dog against watford you know i basically just think watford is uh not a very strong team at all, especially when they are playing. They uh, Watford played this kind of a weird lineup today. So, you know, they play without Holobass in their lineup. So they're really relying on, you know, Tom Cleverly on the outside and Ismail Asar. Saar, I think, is, uh, you know, a pretty strong player. But the, this left side for Watford, when they have Tom Cleverly and Adam Messina, neither of them are particularly ambulatory players. So I just really like the idea of, you know, the, you, Burnley, they, they always have a plan. They, they move the ball to the wings and they whack the ball into the inside and they're going to draw penalties or they're going to score headers. And, you know, just that classic English football and against teams that are going to let them put crosses in. You know, I think I think they are pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, look, why? I guess Watford was just a fluke, I guess, when they beat Liverpool, right? I mean, who who could have saw that coming? Um, yeah, I yeah. hit I hit one yesterday. I it was actually pretty decent odds that were on Fanduel. It was around plus one seventy five. I had United money line, Liverpool money line, Lazio Atalanta, even two and a half is what it was. The over three and a half for that game was around plus one forty. It dipped around to a little bit to plus one thirty two. I thought it was the best value in terms of totals. Um, when when that day took place, I mean, look, they they were three to three in the first game. Atalanta was just absolutely unbelievable with the amount of goals they've been scoring. That they have seven now in their first two games since coming back, and technically eight if you want to count the own goal that they scored as well. So, I out of all the teams that we've seen come back besides Bayern Munich in every single league, I think Atalanta has been playing the best. And hasn't and is one of those teams that doesn't look like they skipped a beat whatsoever. And and that's with a lot of other top teams too that we've seen come back, right? Like Real Madrid's, Manchester City's looked really good too. Uh, Dortmund was great when they came back. I think Atalanta is just, I mean, it's just something else. And I could only imagine how much fun it is for DFS players. Yeah, I mean, Atalanta, they have been great. So they play that really, that really creative and open. 3-5-2 system with Goosens and Hattabauer as the, you know, kind of wide midfielders, half midfielders, half defenders. And, you know, they their, their midfielders certainly are not going to get a ton of pub. But, you know, those guys, uh, Freller and Martin Darun specifically, the fact that those guys just know their job, they cycle the ball, they intercept the ball, you know, kind of 
uh, just really good, kind of like they, they actually play two guys in that Makalele role of their only job is to win the ball back and pass it to the more creative players, cycles up, and then they just, you know, they have the classic one small, one tall with Alejandro Gomez and Duvon Zapata or Joseph Ilicic when he is back playing. You know, I, I think that they are... Didn't even start uh, when they're scoring. <laughs> didn't, didn't even start. Didn't even start. Yeah, they, they haven't even needed Joseph Ilicic, who is, is theoretically one of their best players, but they, they haven't even needed him to generate these incredible results. And then actually they um in their uh in their game against Lazio they switch format again one of my one of my favorite formations in soccer is the 3-4-3 because it's just all about cycling the ball you know really holding that possession no like you'd think with those four wide players you'd be crossing the ball a ton but they they don't because they play you know they they play a little bit closer uh they play a little bit closer to the ground so uh, i i love that formation for them i thought that performance against lazio was fantastic yeah and i mean that even has implications on the future market because we were just talking about how poor juventus was playing Prior to that, next thing you know, we were saying be a little cautious because we know how Juventus is. Yesterday, when Inter played their game and Lazio and Atalanta played, was the perfect example of why Juventus always wins the league. They take care of business against a side like Bologna. It's two to nothing. But it's always the other teams that need to step up, right? We saw Napoli go ahead when Koulibaly scored the goal a couple years ago, but Napoli faltered in their last two games that should have been must-win games. Juve, what do they do? They win their games. They win the league again. They take care of business against Bologna. Inter can never beat Sassuolo. Whatever chance that they could have had, Milan Skriniar, as of right now, is going to miss three games. Antonio Conte isn't allowed on the sideline for the next match. They draw in the last minute in that one, so they lose points there and whatever possible momentum they could have had. And for Lazio to come out out of the break, they couldn't have had a tougher matchup. But still... They really didn't play that well. Sergei Milinkovic Savic's goal was unbelievable, but the only other goal was an own goal at that point. They couldn't stop Atalanta. Francesco Acerbi gave away the corner kick, which was just one of those panic clearances that he sent that went for a corner right. kick. And then Malinovsky ends up scoring this rocket outside of the box, and they end up losing all three points instead of just getting a potential one. They blew a 2 nothing lead. Like, you can't do that if you want to end up winning the league against Juventus. But Juventus does have a much difficult, a very difficult schedule for the rest of the season. But you think about it and you're like, they're not playing well. They're in first and they just won 2 nothing again. And it's just like, you want to think of scenarios and reasons to bet on the future market and why you want other teams to win and what value they have. But they just keep giving you reasons not to do it because it's just the same old story time and time again. And that's why I always say... And, and a lot of people do. You can't bet against the team unless they actually show you why they can't do it anymore. Like, no one's betting on the Patriots anymore to the fact that, like, you have to have them in every game. They don't have Tom Brady, and, they, and they've shown they're not what they used to be. The, Juve and Bayern, for example, they're still those teams. They're still going to be winning these games in the league the way they do. Yeah, I, and uh, Juventus is uh, very, very Patriots-like, very Yankees-like, where they are they are just so dominant inside their league. And it's almost like other teams, once they reach the heights of Juve, it seems like they uh, it seems like they just can't really handle the pressure. You know, Lazio, we we actually, when we finally got uh, soccer back, we were talking about, you know, maybe taking them to win the league at plus 250. And it's just a way less interesting proposition now after, uh, you know, after this loss to Lazio, it really changes uh, how they should be valued in the futures market. They're now four points behind Juventus, which basically means Lazio can't win the league now unless Juve loses a game at some point and you know we just know the way Juve plays we know how talented they are relative to the rest of the league and and it's not like their run-in is uh insanely easy and there are plenty of games left to play in the Serie A you know if you were looking at their schedule um the Juve Atalanta game on uh the 11th of July that's going to be one that you know American audiences should definitely be tuning into and then Juventus Lazio on the 20th of July if things kind of, if Lazio is able to hold serve, that game could maybe end up being the league decider, which is, you know, super interesting and obviously going to be great TV. 
Yeah, it definitely. And and I remember I was saying that, oh, I would be backing Inter because if it between them or Lazio simply because Antonio Conte's team got a break. I thought Lazio was one of the teams that would probably struggle because they had that long layoff. They, they, they're not built to play every three to four days. The reason why they struggled last year when they were going into Europa League midweek when they had those group stage matchups they kept faltering in the league and then they had injury issues they didn't have anyone to rotate in if one or two guys went down and for me that's a major issue when we're trying to finish 11 to 12 games in what a six week span or or something like that six to seven weeks depending on the league like that they're not built for that. You know who's built for that? You Juve is. You Juve is clearly built for that. Like this is this couldn't play into their hands any better. And then Inter, look, Inter has all their injury situations, but you cannot squander that. I mean, I don't know if you right. saw Gagliardini's miss. It was right in front of the goal that he listen, I mean, I don't know what the equivalent is in golf, maybe a two foot putt at that point, and you just blow the masters. They basically blew whatever chance they had getting back into the title race because he hit the post two feet away, and it was absolutely dreadful for them, and that's something that's going to be on repeat. Um, For me right now, though, look, for about Juve, this is just, you know, take it game by game, rotate players in, just pick up the points as as best you can. I don't really see them faltering that much. I think the one one game that I can definitely see them losing is the Atalanta one. Because Atalanta is playing that much better than them, but things can obviously change in that time frame. But for me, I just I just don't see it. Like, who are they going to drop points against? Even when they're playing bad, they're still going deep into penalties or extra time. They're not right. losing these games either. At the very least, they have that the best defense in the league still. And you're not going to get past them, and you're not going to score a lot on them. And if you do, they'll catch you on the counter because they have players that are capable of that. And it's just and it's just funny because we just try and talk ourselves year after year into what's going to happen, who's going to be right. able to change the tide, and it just doesn't. It's just the same story. And even if there's 10 games, even Atalanta, for instance, they're too far back. Like, they're not going to catch up. It's like 12 points. That's Juve also has to drop the points on top of them. Yeah, winning. it would have to be a historic collapse from Juve at a certain point where you're just like, oh, you know, they lost four games in a row or something, and they're just too talented for that, right? They are just, they just have too many good players. You know, even with Cristiano Ronaldo, clearly Struggling. seems like he's not healthy, seems like he's not playing at his best. It, it just really doesn't even seem to matter because, you know, if, if Ron's not firing, then they have Dybala. And, you know, if, if Alexandro limps off, D- Douglas Costa can come off and be creative, you know, from the left wing. And yeah, they just have, they just have too many good players, right? That just, they just have too many players who are too good relative to the rest of the league. Yeah, and they're getting more talent coming in because, uh, really quick before we head out, Pjanic for Arthur uh, from Barcelona is going to be a swap deal, $10 million and $60 million, uh, which is the valuation for Pjanic going over to Barcelona. You know, 30 years old, I really don't understand this transfer from Barcelona. They're not getting any younger. Vidal, Rakitic, Busquets, and now Pjanic, all 30 and older, they're not getting younger, and the younger guys they get aren't fitting into the system well. But we're going to be talking about more games coming up here on the Free Kick. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Free Kick here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in every single week to the show. Davis and I have been loving breaking down these games, these leagues, talking about them, transfer-wise, gambling-wise, DFS. All of it is so much fun, and we're so glad we get to do it all summer long and then pretty much just jump right back in a few weeks later um, once everything wraps up. But, Davis, one of the first leagues to wrap up is the first one that came back, and that's Bundesliga. I thought it was a home run for them. Uh, We could just talk about it for the league first, right? Ratings were fantastic. All the star players uh, stayed and played well, except except for Holland. You know, I mean, he picked up muscular injuries. We were expecting some of that. But to the amount of injuries that happened, not that many really did to a lot of important players. That's huge for Bundesliga. Yeah, Bayern won again, but they were playing great. Dortmund was playing great. Leipzig had their moments. Gladbach and the Leverkusen race has been awesome. We still had the relegation battle to worry about as well. Um, 
Yeah, so what did you think? Was this a great advertisement for Bundesliga for a lot of American soccer fans? Because I thought personally, I mean, this is this was great for them, and it was a great advertisement. Great defense or bad defense, doesn't matter. I mean, the product on the field was excellent, in my opinion. Yeah, I, you know, I think from an American perspective, they got to see some pretty good games, you know, got to see a, a good run from... Leipzig here got to see, obviously, Bayern Munich just completely steamroll their opponents. I think from a television and, you know, marketing perspective, the one thing that could have made this run-in better would have been for Dortmund to win that game uh, three weeks ago against Bayern Munich. Had that happened, you know, obviously we take three points away from Bayern, give three points to Dortmund, and that had the potential to, you know, really turn the league on its ear. We could have actually had some drama here down at the break. Maybe we would have had, you know, a title clinching game on the final day of the season. And, you know, what is, you know, what's going to make better TV than a title clinching game? You know, everyone remembers the Aguero moment, right? 90 plus four when Man City won the league on the, you know, the last kick of the last Balotelli got the assist. You can't really (laughs) drama up any more dramatic than that. Yeah, Balotelli on the assist. But, I mean, people, you know, they really do. They remember all of those moments to, uh, you know, to a, a really high degree. And that would have been – it would have been awesome for a signature moment for this league to come through. You know, I think we saw – I think we just saw a lot of really good uh, – I thought we just saw, you know, a lot of really good soccer being played. I think the style that they play in Germany is very pleasing to watch on TV, basically. You know, like, I, I think it is. I think it is pretty awesome and uh, you know I'm glad that the American audience got to see that I also would have wished for for Erling Brodhalon to have not been injured you know uh, American audiences kind of would have loved him I think the same way that they love Zlatan where he almost becomes bigger than the team bigger than the game and he's kind of just this you know this otherworldly character so that that was a bummer but overall I would say the Bundesliga executives have to be happy. The Fox executives that picked this league up, you know, they have to be happy. I mean, how lucky for Fox that they happen to own the broadcasting rights to the first major league to come back, you know? The the odd, the bittersweet thing about that for Fox is that Bundesliga is now moving to ESPN+. Plus. So that was that pretty much wraps it up after Saturday. Um, yeah, I think it was great. And the, the point you made about Manchester City and, and that game when they won that title— I think the growth of the Premier League right after that was just absolutely crazy. I mean, everyone was talking about it. Like, everyone got into it because everyone's just used to, you know, Manchester United, it's Arsenal, it's Chelsea winning the league titles all the time. You don't really get anyone else in there. And then you see the underdog in Manchester City winning... That's like there's never that's like game 162 Evan Longoria walk off home run gets the raise into the playoffs that's as close as I can remember on a final day uh, of a game here or I know the Timberwolves just got into the playoff I mean that's a little different it's not as crazy as winning the title but there really isn't anything to compare to it and that's what makes the sport so unique yeah and all the young stars too seeing Jaden Sancho take over games and a half like that Holland scoring uh, the way he did. Alfonso Davies, a familiar, you know, name for a lot of people because he played in the MLS, winning Rookie of the Year over in Bundesliga. I mean, really propelling himself into the top 10 conversation in left back and hell, maybe even top five, depending on who you talk to. So yeah, absolutely a home run, but it's not over yet. We still have some Champions League spots to decide. We do have a relegation battle, and it's very important. So I want to start with the relegation battle first, right? Bremen has an opportunity to jump up, not out of relegation, but to get out of an automatic relegation. So the third to last team in Bundesliga goes to a relegation playoff, and they go against the third best team in the second Bundesliga. And for me, I love that. That's so great. I I think it's a ton of fun. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's such a cool. I think it's such a cool way for. I just think it's such, like this is something that's so missing from American sports. Like we will, we would just we we won't get to know about the greatness of a relegation battle of you know hundreds of millions of dollars swinging on the outcome of one game. Like it, yeah, it really can you imagine it's, it's like so Niners awesome. versus Browns up against for like the first pick in the NFL draft, or so, you know something like that, or whenever that was like two years ago, right? Um, that, that would have been amazing to see. Yeah, they don't get a lot of these. But also an important economic factor in this. There's a couple of players. So when a team can get relegated sometimes, in certain players' contracts, they have their release clause, right? They stay up in Bundesliga. They Their clause is a lot higher than it would be if they get relegated. 
So Rashi from Werder Bremen, he's, he's, a, he's a big talent for them. One of the bigger names that's going around on the transfer market right now. A lot of the top clubs around Europe are looking at him, right? If Bremen stays up in Bundesliga, somehow they win their game, they win the playoff, his release clause is $30 million. They get relegated, $16 million. That's a pretty drastic difference for a team that is in a position that they're in, right? Because they're not in a great position to not only stay in the, in the second division, they can't even, you know, get rid of some guys and then maybe try and retool and, and revamp their roster because they're not going to have almost half the amount of money that they would have expected to add if they stayed up. Because now you have no leverage, right? You're in the second division. Players are not going to want to stay. You're not going to be able to keep them. So the important thing also with a release clause is that the player, it really comes down to the player. If the club tri- if a club triggers the release clause, then... The, the club who has the player has no choice but to accept it because they triggered that. But it's all down to the player to accept uh, the transfer to the other team. So he can deny, you know, a $16 million release clause if he doesn't like any of the teams that try to trigger it. But at the end of the day, that's what you're kind of looking at. So there's just so many different factors, and that's what makes it so fascinating. And you have to take it into account when you're kind of looking at some of these games because these managers aren't going to be sitting or resting some of these guys. They're going to be playing everyone. They're going all out, and these are teams that have nothing to play for at the end of the day, technically. Yeah. No, I mean, you you make a great point. I mean, it's going to – the financial battle for – Werder Bremen in this specific situation is absolutely massive because, you know, that $15 million. Now, in the Premier League, you would maybe not think, oh, you know, $15 million, maybe not going to be that big of a deal. But in Germany, like, what what do we think, you know, what do we think the entire, uh, you know, the entire payroll for um, Augsburg might be, you know, like literally they could field a team for $15 million. Like having a guy in Germany who you can sell on for that much money is a huge deal relative to some of the, like, because we are just so skewed from our Western perspective of thinking about how things work in the EPL. We're like Brighton and Hove Albion is like the 17th richest team in the world. And they're in the relegation battle in, in Europe. So, you know, $30 million, $50 million, that's, that's absolutely massive for them. And Bremen is going to be, you know, this game, this game against Cologne is so big for them, you know, getting, getting a draw against Cologne, might be enough you know obviously they're probably going to want a win and you know they're they might get kind of lucky because cologne really has absolutely nothing to play for in terms of the table they are they are completely safe 36 points they are ahead of augsburg on goal differential um they're actually ahead of mainz on goal differential too so if something weird happens there, like they are they are completely safe so you know i guess if you are a Werder bremen person or if you're a fan you would really just be hoping that's uh co- like cologne yeah runs out i mean look kids, you basically. i mean you need so many different things to go your way too right and one of, one of the best parts about the Manchester City thing, to go back to it, one of the most iconic videos is just Sir Alex Ferguson and Wayne Rooney just standing on the field after they just won their game, and they hear the roar um, coming across, and, and they just find out that Manchester City just won. Like, they're sitting there waiting for the results, kind of like other teams waiting to clinch a playoff spot in the locker room, watching other teams play it out to see what they get. I mean, it's just so exciting, and... And one of the more exciting things is the Champions League spot, right? Mönchengladbach, Leverkusen. It's just been them two for that fourth spot that's so highly coveted. And we talk again about the finances. Like, how much more difficult it is to sell a Kai Havertz when you're fifth instead of fourth. Like, the value drops a decent amount because he's almost certainly not going to want to play Europa League football. He wants to play in the Champions League. And and you you just you can't you can't your your bargaining position is just so much worse because you need the money so much more in a weird way needing the money almost ensures that you're going to get less because the buyers know that you need that money whereas if you have a Champions League spot you know you can kind of yeah you can exactly and and you could at least whatever money you get say it's like 90 million euros you could just convince um, other players to join you say hey we got a good system going we made it to Champions League one player isn't always
always the difference. Come and join us here. I'm just interested to see where he goes at that price. So it's going to be like, it's. I think it'll be down to a Bayern, a Chelsea. Real Madrid's name has been uh, tossed into the ring as well. I don't really think there's that many teams out there that could really buy him like that. And if he's going to turn down one or two of them, then, hey, they might get lucky if they don't ha- get into the Champions League. So who who are you betting? I, I think it's Gladbach, right? I don't, I don't really see Gladbach dropping this or dropping the amount of points and then Leverkusen taking advantage of their situation, right? Like all these variables in here, I think Gladbach's really, you know, they kind of righted the ship after they faltered and stumbled a little bit. Now I, now I think they're good. This is a favorable matchup for them. Hertha Berlin, they've been playing well. They're inconsistent. I, I don't trust them to knock off Gladbach. Who's won their last three or two? Yeah, and I mean it's it's so it's so massive for them, right? So Leverkusen has pretty much a walkover game. So I guess what Leverkusen is is hoping is Mainz doesn't care. Mainz is safe. You know this game is going to be massive for Leverkusen. They should be healthy. You know they've gotten a week off uh, in between games now, so they should be able to pretty much field their first choice lineup you know more or less so I guess yeah they're they're just hoping somehow that Hertha Berlin you know really really packs the yeah. fire in um, this match somehow. look it's I, I think Hertha did pretty solid coming back um from the start they've invested so much money they're basically trying to be the I don't know I guess you could call it new money team in the pre- in the Bundesliga where they're just trying to spend as much money as they can to get back in and be relevant in these conversations so they might be a team to look at for next year but as of right now I mean I don't really see much going down to change there I think Gladbach is is the team that's going to grab that fourth spot um, it's definitely going to be exciting. Bundesliga was so great for the return. But when we get back here on the free kick, we're going to be talking about another competition returning in England. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the free kick here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Martino Puccio and Davis Maddock alongside you. The FA Cup's back, Davis. England's endless amount of competitions uh, continues. Um, they have the Carabao Cup. They have... It's, it's really like they're getting to the point where it's like college football bowl games where they just keep on adding all these like competitions right. and no one's really asking for them except the TV networks to make some more money. So we're kind of forced to watch this. But the FA Cup's good. The FA Cup's one of the classic ones. It's, it's, it's a respected trophy and it's not just something to scoff at. Um, we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago when, when the odds came out and we knew everything was coming back. My opinion has changed a little uh, drastically on one team, and that's just Sheffield United. I mean, I, I honestly can't believe what I'm seeing from them. I guess the break did them no good. Their defensive organization is terrible. They weren't able to play Dean Henderson against Manchester United, so they you could factor that in. But out of all the teams we thought could have had a long shot with futures and, and winning this competition, Sheffield United doesn't really fall under that category anymore, do they? Yeah, no, I think really the only two teams that uh, I would be wagering on to win this competition would be Manchester City. Probably wouldn't bet that future. Would probably rather just bet them game by game. But, you know, United looked pretty solid in their return. I think that midfield pairing of Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes has a really, really high ceiling. You know, I, I, I really do think that. Those two guys playing behind Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, and then, you know, whoever you want to throw in there, Juan Mata, Mason Greenwood, Andres Pereira, you know, I don't really think it matters. Um, I think that those guys are such an awesome driving force for that team that, uh, you know, I, I could see them beating Man City this year for sure. Yeah, um, and and they played extremely well against them during the Premier League as well, and and they've beaten them. They've given them the toughest of games. And you're right about the creativity part. You kind of worry about sometimes if Martial can have that goal scoring output as a true number nine, because that's not his natural position. He's much better on the left side. But look, once Marcus Rashford has struggled a little bit, but we also have to remember not only was the three month break a thing. He was injured right before that break, and he was having right. some potential back issues. 
that could factor in here to some of it lingering. So you don't know for sure if he's going to play against Norwich. But it's Norwich City. I'm not really that concerned about it. You get, you know, some of the younger guys, some more burn. Mason Greenwood, potentially. Daniel James will probably be in there starting, getting some minutes. But overall, for United, yeah, I love the way they look. I still think Chelsea has really good value at plus 800. Um, They do have one of the tougher matchups against Leicester. Depending on how you feel about Leicester, Leicester hasn't looked that sharp either since returning. You know, things can change in competitions, right? It could just... You know, one team plays great one day and then, you know, Leicester could still stumble for the rest of the league. You know, Chelsea can, you know, play great in this competition. All of a sudden they're struggling again in the Premier League like they were. They were very inconsistent this season, right? Considering all the young names and players that they have. First season for Frank Lampard at this uh, top flight level. So it'll be interesting there. Worst matchup on the board that I'm staying away from. I'm not even looking at it. I'm still gross and grossed out by looking at it right now. Sheffield versus Arsenal. Oh my god. Like it yeah. it's awful. Yeah, I mean these these two teams, um, Arsenal, no one no one really likes to watch. You know, maybe people would have liked to have watched uh Sheffield United before the break. You know, they do play kind of and, and we talked about it uh right when the leagues first came back. You know, we kinda like that style that United plays. The overlapping center backs is cool. You know, they really play that old style, that old school English game and uh yeah, I mean, this is just a gross game. I, I, I know we've been desperate for sports to get back, but I don't even know with being desperate for sports to get back if that's enough to make me want to watch Sheffield United against Arsenal. Well, summer just started. We could go outside. We have a legitimate reason. Like, summer is officially here, so I'll probably be outside during that game. I mean, I do not, I do not want to bother watching that. If anything, hey, bet your unders, I guess. Both teams to score, no. That's a solid bet too. I think I think that you could look at something like that. Hey, like how about like an under two and a half and both teams to score? Is that something? Or no, no to both teams scoring. So you could do same I, game I, parlay. I actually, you know what? I kind of like the um, the nil nil, right? Like a uh, that uh, current, one, like that exact one, score you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like just just being like these two teams, they have no legs. United is going to want to defend. Uh, don't know if Arsenal can really, um, you know, break them down, basically. And if uh, actually, you know what, that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and bet that one right now. Get the uh, get the exact the exact score nil nil for Sheffield United Arsenal. Um, the uh, the un- so that would basically be the under uh, the under on one goal scored in this game is plus uh, 620 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And uh, I honestly don't hate it for this game. I mean, it's not bad. I I get it. If if Sheffield goes with their healthy main lineup, Dean Henderson should be back for this Arsenal short rest midweek game. I mean, Sheffield playing as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see it. I'd maybe do under one and a half, two, plus 215 at the moment. That's not that bad either. I mean, under half a goal. Um look i mean i mean that's that's a definite scenario you know zero zero you're getting plus 60 there both teams to score is pretty safe no plus 102 i mean it's it's almost even but at the end of the day look i mean i I take it right you feel pretty confident i I don't feel confident in sheffield scoring a lot right like they should have had the one goal against aston villa that got taken away by var that was atrocious but I mean, come on now. It's just really, it's really not something to get excited about. Um, any other of these games? I mean, there's not much that I really love here. Uh, I mean, look, what you take Man City money line, you do Man United money line. You're only at a two-team parlay that's minus one fifty-six. I mean, if you, I, I actually like that. Like, I think you could do yeah. like a like a four or five unit bet on United over Norwich because I just I'm such a fan of the way United is playing right now, and I think that these markets are a little bit undervaluing. You know how good Bruno Fernandez and I mean, look, I, I it's it's just such this interesting thing with Paul Pogba where we've been taught for so long. You know, the British media hates Paul Pogba. Um, and, and I, I think he's great. I, I think that Paul Pogba is so, I, I think he's so fantastic and, and Bruno has been way better than advertised, you know? So I, I, I think that until we're starting to see, 
United be favored by way more than this in these games, you know, I, I, I think we should be pounding these lines because they're inefficient lines. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree. That's why I was jumping over the, that parlay yesterday with Liverpool and Manchester United. And then I just taken over in a game that I think is definitely going over. Like right there, it's such a viable and doable thing. Like I, I also had the, the parlay that I had up was with the with the Inter game. It was like over two and a half in Crystal Palace in Liverpool. Game total, right? Is You get four goals in, in that one. And then Real Madrid money line, they're minus 700, over two, uh, over three goals for Lazio Atalanta. That was at a plus 450. Like that, I was literally one stoppage time, uh, stoppage time goal away from hitting that, and I wasn't even sweating it. And, and, and there's so many games that you could find that have these kind of values. And the important thing always is lineups. It's lineups, 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 right? Like you have to pay attention to who is playing. We know there are the five substitutions that could be worked in here. But for some teams, like a Norwich City, it doesn't matter. Who are they bringing off on the bench with these five substitutes? It's no one of no. Yeah, I mean, what's the, what what does it matter, right? Yeah, it it doesn't matter at all. Like It's 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 fresh legs. Yeah, they can't bring someone off the bench who's gonna change the game. No, of course it's it's not it's not Manchester United like you know like they're trying to slowly bring in Paul Pogba like they're bringing him Pogba and he's at his best day is arguably the best midfielder in the world like that's the difference here and and some in the teams more so in England than they did in even in Italy in Bundesliga how sometimes in La Liga. Um, they're using these substitutes. Manchester United, by the way, fun fact, I know we talked about it off the air, first team ever an official to match make, to make to five make subs at one time. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those late game uh, NBA substitutions where the whole team comes off the court. Hey, hell, JV basketball, you let the team manager and, and the bench players get in and uh, get some burn right at the end of the season uh, when you have nothing to play for. So, I mean, it, it was fascinating to see um, but look, yeah, you just have to wait for a lot of these lineups because some of these teams too, hell, what if Chelsea really doesn't want to win the FA Cup, right? They just say, hey, Lester, go ahead. We'll concede. We'll sit a lot I mean, of our Lester, guys on the bench. Lester, that, that might be like a little bit of a poison pill for them to be like, look, Lester, we're competing against you guys in the league. Why don't you, you know, busy yourself exactly. with trying to win a trophy that you're probably not going to win anyways. We'll go ahead and play our kids in this game. You know, we'll throw Callum Hudson a doy and, uh, and, uh, Oh, what's Ruben the, the cheek? Yeah, uh, what's the nineteen-year-old with the dreads? The uh, Reese James? Back? No, no, the the uh, Welsh kid. I can't remember his name right now. It's it's embarrassing. Um, but it? yeah, I mean, they could just they could just throw all their kids out there, you know, pretty much no problem. Uh, you know, let let Willian rest, let uh, Conte rest, let let uh, their their fullbacks rest. I mean, even and that Pedro would, that would be huge for them. Yeah, yeah Pedro I, for sure. I, yeah, look, I mean. At the end of the day, it's just there's so many different roads that these teams can go down. And with this condensed schedule, you have to take into account everything that they're playing for. Like you just have to sit there at the end of the day. Just go if you're a fan of a team, right? You're a Chelsea fan. What do you want Chelsea to do? What is best for Chelsea in this situation moving forward for the future? Is it in their best interest to try and win the FA Cup? Or is it to officially lock up that fourth spot for Champions League? Hell, even catch Leicester in third place if you can, and then get a better pot for the Champions League draw. Like, right there, yes, a trophy for the FA Cup is nice, but you still have a couple rounds to play in that on top of playing in the league. I'd rather get the third spot for Champions League or the fourth spot locked up for next year. Because for me, I know without a shadow of a doubt, that's in the best interest of my club's future. And that's the best way to kind of look at this stuff. And I know it takes some deep thinking, but at the end of the day, if you want to win money, you got to think a little bit, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it sounds so cynical to be like, oh, well, who's going to make the most money? Because, you know, that no one like we don't like to think about sports that way. But yeah, I mean, your team... Uh, that ideally you want them to have the most money so that they can get the best players in the future. And the way to do that is to get Champions League football and, and nothing else is going to work. Yeah. And 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 look, the, these, this, this race is extremely tight. I think you can kind of, you know, Manchester United has this cushion now. I think they're feeling a lot more comfortable week in, week out of what their situation is. Because even Spurs winning their game, I don't know if you caught that one, they weren't convincing. Like, I didn't see anything from Spurs. 
like Harry Kane just scoring that goal at the end where he had that breakaway and you're kind of looking at it like he's on the ground he's extremely tired and it's like is he tired or is he just relieved that he finally scored because there's so much pressure on him because Jose Mourinho's answering you know the writers and journalists saying like I've had all these top strikers that are able to score these goals because they're questioning whether or not Harry Kane one of the best strikers in the world for the past few years can score goals for one of the best managers of all time. I mean, that's the situation that Spurs have. But when we come back, Davis, we're going to be talking about some of the top matchups this weekend and what bets we like to play. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, final segment of the day, everybody. I know it's uh, a lot of people's most favorite segment of the day is finally when we get into some of the bets, the best matchups. We always like to go with the bigger matchups right throughout Europe, the big, sexy names, the games that everyone's going to be watching and uh, betting on, too, at the same time, right? So we'll go over to Italy. I know it's a little biased, whatever. I don't really care. Milan versus Roma, it's, it's a headliner name. They're two of the more popular teams in that league. There's still Europa League spots to be played for. You know, Roma needs to hold down the Forda until Nicolo Zaniolo comes back, where there is a potential that he does come back before all these 12 games wrapped up. They both won their recent games. Milan won 4-1 against Lecce. Lecce is absolutely dreadful in this matchup. Ibrahimovic is still going to be out for this for Milan, so he won't be in this. So they're going to be rolling with this 4-2-3-1 formation that they've had. Um, Hakan Celanoglu played great in that match. He had, you could yeah. say he had like three assists in it because the one shot that he took spilled and Jack Bonaventura just tapped it in. So, I mean, it's an indirect hockey assist, we'll call it, whatever. You know, it counts, but he played great there. They were creating shots. Rafael Leal coming off the bench scoring. Hey, look, and for Roma too, you know, came back after being down one nothing against Sampdoria. Eden Dzeko scoring two goals. A reliable name if you like DFS plays. So for me, I think this one can definitely go either way. They faced off earlier in the season. Roma absolutely outplayed him. It wasn't even close to a matchup, but that was a completely different Milan team. Zlatan wasn't in there. Rebic wasn't playing, scoring seven goals in seven games like he has recently for them. Marco Giampaolo was a coach at the time. He was There was never a manager that got fired faster for the club in their history, and they've been around since 1899. So that's all you could say about that if you just need to know how dreadful they were. As for Roma, they were a little bit in the free fall. I thought I thought the break for them was something that was really important so they could regroup and gather themselves. Because Zaniolo tearing his ACL, they would have lost him for the whole season. Now, they could just get him back. And he is absolutely the best young talent in Italy as an Italian. So it would be huge for them to get him back because they're still sitting in fifth place as of now. Um, I was looking at some of the in-game parlays that you could make, Davis, and it was very interesting. So Milan, as you can see up on the board right now, Plus 160 money line, right? The draws are 240. Roma's plus 165. Now, if you want to do same game parlay bet, you could take Roma money line and the over two and a half at plus 283. But if you look over and you take Milan with the money line and over two and a half, it's plus 304. I'm fascinated by this. I'm not a great mathematician by any means. It doesn't make much sense to me, but what makes sense is placing the bet potentially on Milan. Yeah, I mean, this is this is just a greater macro point about betting on things in general, which is you really should look at all the avenues that your sportsbook offers. And FanDuel Sportsbook is really unique in this way because, you know, right now FanDuel is really trying to acquire customers. They want, you know, legal betting residents in, uh, in New Jersey, in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, in some of these other opening markets. There are other places, you know, pretty much it, it feels like every week we have some new state proposing legislation and as a result of that you know they run they run all these promotions to try and get people to be betting at their sports book and and some of those are you know going to be very favorable for the better and you should you should really be paying you should really be paying attention to those because those are that's free ev given away just for being a customer at FanDuel. yeah exactly and it's just just always play around if you see a game you like you know just For example, in this, I don't feel so strongly, again, to either side winning. I'd maybe lean Roma just because of the injury question marks with Milan in this. They're more experienced team, um, and they're just better at this point, right? Um, Both teams to score is at no. 
at plus 124, I'm not, it's pretty decent value, but I'm actually not that confident. Roma's really not a strong defensive side. Um, you know, Milan do have options. They've, they've done well. They outplayed Juve when they played them. They beat up on Lecce, a team that they should beat up on. So they're doing what they have to do. So I do think there's a scenario in which they do score here. So I would like to take both to score at minus 158. I know whatever you want to call a square bet or not. I don't really believe in that stuff. Like make fun of me. If you, if you're able to win money, Davis, like I don't understand in saying like, I don't want to place this bet because it's a square bet. To me, that logic never made sense. What made sense to me is just if you know you have a good chance of making money, why not take advantage of it? Yeah, uh, I have uh, I have another square one that I like to uh, Brescia minus one ninety five over Genoa. So Brescia okay. for me is a a super interesting team. They just held their own with Fiorentina, actually. Uh, right. Uh, in in this game last week they there was a there was a red card in that game that that changed things for them a little bit but they have a young man by the name of Sandro Tonali who is like the best box-to-box midfielder that no one knows of right now you know he will probably be playing outside in the Italy league. yeah oh for sure yeah, oh he's I mean, going he will... he's going to Inter Milan that's where he's headed there to. we go 40, yeah, so 40 he'll, million he'll... years yeah yeah, he'll play for Inter for a season or two, and then you know United will snap him up, or City will buy him, or Chelsea will buy him, and he'll go there, and he will win titles. He will, you know, be playing in Champions League finals. I mean, this dude is incredible. He's kind of like if Pirlo was like also really Gattuso. fast, and yeah. yeah, yeah, Gattuso actually maybe the is the better comp. Gattuso with um with maybe like a little bit a of long extra ball passing ability. ability. Yeah. It's, he's For that's sure. exactly where they go with they go with Pirlo all the time because of his hair so that's yes. that's kind of where yep. it gets a little lazy with some people um but yeah he's more of like a Gattuso Pirlo hybrid type I mean the talent's off the charts he's he's been there um it was really down to Juve and Inter for the race to sign him and look they're getting relegated again this is another thing if they stayed up they could have cashed out around 60 million euros. Now they're looking at 40 because they know absolutely that they're getting relegated at this point, even with all the games that are left to play. Balotelli was a flop for them. Uh, Donnarumma, who is their uh, striker up top, you know, he couldn't really adjust to the league that well. So it really wasn't that much uh, of a success for them in their stay. But look, they took they they played well against Fiorentina, and that's something you like to see. Sandro Tonali still has a lot to play for. It's very important for his development. Hell, there's still a lot of games left, although I'm not that confident in Brescia staying up. I, I do think there's a scenario in that. And Genoa, look, Genoa is what they are, man. Like They have stretches where they, where they get a lot of points, and you think they could finish in the top half of the table. But the next thing you know, they're in the bottom half of the table, and they're not getting relegated. They're just They're just there. They're just one of those names. You know, when you, you go on Sporkle, you're filling out all 30 MLB teams, you just forget about the Padres. That's who they are. Genoa is just the Padres at this point, minus Manny Machado. So, um, right. Yeah, so on the docket, look, Udinese Atalanta. And, and this is something that we were talking about just before we were recording with this. Atalanta is just a blind hit the over. Like, you just have to. Seven goals in their past two games. They could have had a lot more against Sassuolo over that weekend match that they had. They didn't look like they've skipped a beat at all. They're a genuine threat to win the Champions League, in my opinion, especially with the one-game-all format for them. Same game parlays again. They might be minus 220 on the money line, Davis, but over 2.5 is at minus 152. You combine those two, you get plus 112. That's really not that bad value whatsoever, and... I don't really think that's something you have to be shaking in your boots about not hitting. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I completely agree. I like I like uh, I like that angle on that game for, for sure. Um, any other games that you're kind of looking forward to on the weekend or, or the weekday here? Are, are you leaning towards some totals now? Because we know that these these leagues that have returned, they've been back for three to four games, depending on the league. Have you gotten kind of a, a vibe about how you want to bet some of them? Is there a, a certain direction that you go towards in England? Because England, there's been a ton of overs, uh, unders. Excuse me. If you watch some of the games um, from the other day, um, when Liverpool was playing against Crystal Palace, that was really the only game besides uh, the Manchester United one where there was goals being scored. The other games were just, I mean, very dull, kind of like the Arsenal game. It's actually just a bunch of Arsenal games. No one's scoring. It's not really pretty to watch. Is that kind of where you've been going in terms of unders, or was there another philosophy you kind of been going with? 
You know, I think because I don't like betting over-unders for football, uh, okay. for American football, I, I prefer money lines and spreads. That's just kind of the okay. angle that I take to these games. And, you know, I think there is one really interesting one. We just talked about it in segment two, but Werner Bremen minus 160 okay. against Cologne. Uh, that's on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That is, that's the, the Davis Matic uh, five-star lock of the week. I, I am definitely betting that one. Cologne, at, Cologne, absolutely nothing to play for. Bremen, literally everything to play for. You know, they, they, can't, they can't lose this game. They can't draw this game. You know, it really does all come down to are they able to, you know, are they able to win this game? So I think that's a great scenario where uh, our incentives are going to be aligned with the team that we are betting on. So I, I like that one a lot. All right, well, I, the best part about it is you got your five-star bet of the week. I think we just got to roll with that from now on. At, at every fourth block, fourth segment of every free kick show, we'll have a five-star Davis Matic bet, and he'll let you know. And this week is Werder Bremen minus 160 on the money line. because I, I love money lines, too. I do it all the time. I was addicted at one point to NBA money line parlays. Like, they were just so much fun, and, and you yeah, could get oh yeah. really good value. And, and I think the NBA, for me, money line was probably one of the easier leagues to uh, – to bet on um this one's going to be taking place in a few days davis but this has title implications it has champions league race implications barcelona atletico barcelona kind of playing like the traditional atletico on this not scoring a lot winning by a goal or so taking advantage of whatever opportunities they have atletico has played fantastic since the return Xiao felix has looked good during stretches their defensive alignment has been great and and it really seems like all the players that they bought over the summer have kind of situated themselves in and, and they've done well and by the way Antoine Griezmann continued flop I mean his season has just been disastrous I kind of cringe and shudder at the fact whenever I see him in the lineup now on the left side of the left wing I, it's, I mean it's, it just, just doesn't it, work it's like it's like literally they would be they're better playing Arthur, who they just sold, by the way, they they play Arthur out in that old um, Andres Iniesta position, you know, kind of like half midfielder, yeah. half winger. You know, his his whole job is just to get the ball to Messi, basically, you know, to kind of shuttle the ball from the midfield into Messi or to Suarez. And you know, Griezmann never figured out how to play that position in kind of that Barcelona way. And he, you because he wants to create right you know Griezmann yeah. wants to create Griezmann wants to score goals and you know of course you know that's what he did at Madrid for so long but I just I can't I do not see this arrangement working out long term for them at all yeah I again and you know what it's like they're t they're they're tied with these guys Dembele it's going to be hard to dump Coutinho when he returns hard to dump you're going to have Griezmann you got to get rid of. I mean, Suarez is aging. They bring in Pjanic, too. It's just the direction of Barcelona. Everyone, there's a there's a good amount of people in the soccer space, in football space, whatever you want to call it, that think Barcelona is going to collapse once Messi is gone. And I don't think that's so far-fetched. Because a lot of the moves that they've been making, the way they're playing on the field, the talent that they have, and their whole philosophy about it just really isn't working. I think I might take Atletico in this matchup. I don't really feel confident yeah. in Barcelona. I, I, I'm I kind of leaning Atletico. I'm waiting for the lineups because it's still a couple days away. We don't know what will happen. But for me, I think Atletico has fantastic value here real quick. What do you think? Yeah. No, I think I think we go Atletico in this game. It's just not the same Barcelona we're used to. All right. That'll be my five-star bet of the week. We'll go with Atletico money line. Davis Matic, Werder Bremen. See you guys next week. Thanks so much for watching. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.